I rarely give simple speeches. I would much prefer to have people do enough homework ahead of time that I can spend my time with an audience responding to their questions. But having my basic thinking about the future and what it's asking us in a speech form is a reasonable request. This podcast offers an extended introduction. Uh, first, an abstract. Creative systems theory proposes that our current point in culture's evolutionary story is not the ideal and end point we can assume. The theory describes a needed and increasingly possible further chapter, what it calls cultural maturity. We can think of cultural maturity as a kind of species growing up. If the theory is right, our future human well-being and perhaps our survival will depend on cultural maturities needed next chapter in what it means to be human. The concept of cultural maturity assists us in four essential ways. It helps us make sense of the easily confusing times in which we live. It provides a new guiding narrative as the cultural stories we've traditionally relied upon serve us less and less well. It helps us understand new skills and capacities that will be needed if we are to effectively address critical challenges before us. And it points toward needed changes, not just in what we think, but how we think. Culturally mature perspective does more than just provide greater clarity. The cognitive changes it reflects make possible new, more dynamic, and encompassing ways of understanding. Cultural maturity is a big-picture notion. We saw first hints of cultural maturity's changes over 100 years ago, and the concept should have pertinence well into the future. But it is also relevant to understanding current front-page news social challenges. It describes the possibility of engaging concerns of all sorts with a nuance and complexity. We could say simply wisdom that has not before been an option. So let's dive in. Bringing wisdom to the future. Creative systems theories, concept of cultural maturity. A major portion of my life's work has focused on making sense of the important challenges ahead for us as a species. Key in this work has been the recognition that effectively addressing many of those challenges will require new human capacities. It is impo as important has been the recognition that the potential for those new capacities is developmentally built into who we are. I introduced the concept of cultural maturity with my 1984 book, The Creative Imperative. The concept describes a needed and newly possible growing up in how we understand and act. Cultural maturity is a formal notion within creative systems theory's framework for understanding the workings of human systems developed by myself and colleagues over the last 40 years. The theory provides an encompassing way of thinking about human change processes of all sorts, from individual human development to the growth of relationships to the chapters in history's evolutionary narrative. One of its main contributions is the perspective it brings for making sense of our times and what the future will require of us. The concept of cultural maturity describes a newly possible and increasingly necessary growing up as a species. The concept requires that we think more long-term than is our custom. We saw first inklings of cultural maturity's changes over 100 years ago, and culturally mature advances should continue to define the cutting edge of understanding and social innovation for centuries ahead. It also requires that we be comfortable with the often confusing way in which change in human systems work. Cultural maturity's changes are necessarily of a two steps forward, one step back sort, and sometimes three or four steps back, but they could not be more important. I will argue that our future well-being as a species depends on them. My work over the years has approached the concept of cultural maturity and its implications from multiple directions. 
I've clarified cultural maturity's essential role in addressing critical questions ahead in all parts of our lives, from the challenges of effective governance to what love in the future will require, us, require of us. With the Institute for Creative Development, a Seattle-based think tank and Center for Advanced Leadership Training, I've worked to teach about and foster culture mature leadership. And I've written my two most recent books specifically to make the concept more broadly understood. Hope in the Future is a short general audience work. Cultural Maturity, a guidebook for the future, is a lengthy effort written for people committed to developing culturally mature leadership capacities. This short piece provides a glimpse of this broader effort. I'll touch briefly on the developmental thinking on which the concept is based. I'll observe some of the critical emerging challenges that culturally mature capacities help us address. I'll address the cognitive changes that make culturally mature understanding possible and tie them to needed new capacities. I'll outline the evidence for cultural maturity, including one particularly provocative piece of evidence that makes cultural maturity arguably the only option going forward. And I will very briefly compare and contrast the concept with other ways of thinking about the future. Cultural maturity is not as easy a notion as a simple phrase growing up might suggest. But understood deeply, it provides essential guidance. And while it requires that we think in new ways, where it takes us is ultimately straightforward. Cultural maturity is about a predicted next chapter in our human development and the ability to address questions of all sorts in more direct and nuanced ways. Think of it as a needed new common sense. The basic notion. Cultural maturity is much more than just a helpful metaphor. It involves changes not just in what we believe, but in an important sense, changes in who we are. We can think of it in terms of two parallel developmental processes. It helps to take them one at a time. The first process gives the concept its name. Cultural maturity brings a new, more mature relationship between culture and the individual. Human culture in times past has functioned like a parent in the lives of individuals. It has provided us with our rules to live by, shared absolutes, and in the process a sense of identity and connectedness with others. Unquestioned cultural rules have also pr protected us from life's very real uncertainties and immense complexities. This traditional relationship is changing. Cultural absolutes today serve us less and less well. They limit flexibility in our personal lives, and they often put us at risk when dealing with peoples whose beliefs differ from our own. They are also having diminishing influence. This loss of past parental guideposts has Janus-faced implications. It reveals possibilities before now we could not have considered. But at the same time, it can bring a disturbing sense of absence. Combined with how a world has become more risk-filled and complicated, a weakening of familiar rules can leave people dangerously overwhelmed and disoriented. The key to what we see being anything to celebrate lies with the second kind of process. Cultural maturity is not just about acting in more grown-up ways. It is a product of develop developmentally predicted cognitive changes. This further recognition is critical. If all that we were seeing today is a loss of past guideposts, we have a problem. New possibility would only be of the postmodern anything-goes sort. What might seem to be freedom would produce instead only a loss of order and a dangerous kind of aimlessness. But this is not what we find. It turns out that the same change mechanisms that generate today's loss of past absolutes also create the potential for new, more mature ways of thinking and being in the world. We aren't used to thinking of social cultural change in cognitive terms. That I might, I'm sure, comes in part from the fact that I'm a psychiatrist as well as a futurist. In work with individuals, I'm used to thinking about change not just in terms of behavior, but in relationship to psychological development. I'm also used to thinking about critical change points in psychological development in terms of underlying cognitive changes. 
It was not a major leap for me to start thinking about large-scale societal changes in developmental cognitive terms. Creative systems theory describes history from our tribal beginnings to modern times in terms of historical chapters, with each chapter ushered in by a developmentally predicted cognitive reordering. The theory proposes that we can understand the changes that define our time in a similar way. Creative systems theory uses an ungainly but quite precise term to describe the new vantage for understanding the cultural maturities changes make possible, integrative metaperspective. Even just a beginning sense of it provides important insight. Integrated metaperspective involves a couple almost opposite dynamics. We see both of them simply at different scales of significance with personal maturity and cultural maturity. The first produces greater awareness, a more complete kind of stepping back from our complex natures. The second produces a new depth of engagement. With it, we get not just further abstraction, but the deeply embodied kind of understanding that is needed for mature, we could say wise, decision-making. Each kind of dynamic is new, the first certainly in its implications, the second more fundamentally. Later in this article, I'll describe integrative metaperspective in more de detail. I'll contrast it with the kind of cognitive organization that produced our previous chapter in Culture's story. I will also tie where it takes us to the new capacities needed to address today's new challenges. For now, it is enough to note an observation that helps define its relationship to the topic of this article. The changes that produce culturally mature perspective have particular significance not just because of their pertinence for today. Creative systems theory delineates how thinking with each previous chapter in culture's evolution has been organized around particular limited aspects of our human complexity. In contrast, integrated metaperspective engages and draws the, on the whole of this complexity. It involves both more fully stepping back from that complexity and more deeply engaging it. Integrated metaperspective makes it possible to understand in ways that are fundamentally more encompassing than in times past, we could say more systemic, more complete, or simply more wise. The concept of cultural maturity assists us in four ways that will be essential going forward. First, it helps us put the challenges and changes we face today in larger perspective. Second, it provides a new guiding narrative as the cultural stories we've traditionally relied upon cease to serve us. Third, it helps us understand the new skills and capacities that will be increasingly necessary if we are to effectively address challenges ahead. And fourth, it points toward needed changes, not just in what we think, but how we think. The cognitive changes that produce culturally mature perspective make possible new, more dynamic, and encompassing ways of understanding. Critical new challenges. Before we turn more specifically to cultural maturity's cognitive changes, it helps to have a sense of the kinds of questions and challenges culturally mature perspective helps us address. Here is a small sampling of new questions that I've examined in depth in my various writings. In each case, making our way forward effectively depends on thinking and acting in ways that before now would have not made sense to us. First question. What does it mean to act morally in a world without obvious moral guideposts? Until very recently, culture, like a good parent, has provided us with clear moral rules. Our task has been simply to understand and obey those rules. Today, traditional moral guideposts are losing their past authority, and the moral relativisms that tend to replace them easily leave us feeling rudderless, this in an increasingly complex moral landscape. Cultural maturities, cognitive changes offer that we might address moral questions with a systemic depth and nuance that has not before been an option. A second question. How do we keep from destroying ourselves? Throughout our history, collective identity has depended on dividing our worlds into chosen people and evil others. But this way of defining who we are is becoming increasingly problematic. The nuclear genie is out of the bottle. 
and terrorism has become an inescapable threat. Our safety in the long run will depend on bringing greater maturity and sophistication to how we understand our human differences and how we relate to conflict. Integrated meta-perspectives, more systemically encompassing vantage, offers the possibility of getting beyond the polarized and polarizing assumptions of times past. Question three, how do we vo avoid making the planet unlivable? Climate change, global industrialization, and the broader effects of growing human population threaten to make existence on the planet less and less pleasant. It is quite possible that the Earth will eventually become unlivable even for us. If you're going to avoid such an outcome, we must step beyond our modern heroic mythology that makes limits only constraints to be overcome. Bringing greater sophistication and ultimately wisdom to our decisions requires that we better take into account systemic complexity and inherent limits to what often can or at least should be done culturally mature perspective highlights how real limits are inherent to how living systems work and helps us engage them in the most creative ways. A fourth question. How will the requirements of effective leadership change in times ahead? Trust in leadership of all sorts today is less than it was at the height of anti-authoritarian rhetoric in the 1960s. We could easily assume, and people have argued, that this modern lack of confidence in leadership reflects something gone terribly wrong. Broad failure on the part of leaders, a loss of moral integrity on the part of those being led, or even an impending collapse of society. But if it does, there is little reason to have hope. The concept of cultural maturity offers an explanation that is more optimistic, but also more demanding. It alerts us to the fact that what it means to lead is changing, and in all parts of our lives, from what it means to make the most personal of choices to what is required to effectively lead organizations and nations. Along with altering how we go about making decisions, these changes invite important reflections about possible next chapters in how we think about governance and structure our governmental institutions. Leadership's new picture is not all positive. Today we reside in an awkward in-between time in these changes. When we do see leadership that begins to reflect culturally mature capacities, people are as likely to attack it as celebrate it. But if the concept of cultural maturity is correct, moving forward in how we embody and relate to leadership is both possible and essential. A further very different question. How will love change in times ahead? Love might seem more a personal concern, less pertinent to big-picture cultural well-being. But certainly the topic is relevant to people's sense of fulfillment. Changes we see today with love are also directly pertinent to what relationships of every kind will require of us in times ahead. Romantic love of the sort, symbolized by Romeo and Juliet, represents a powerful step forward from what came before it having love's choices made by one's family or a matchmaker. But it can't be the last chapter in love's story. In fact, it was never really what we thought it to be about. While we idealize such love as love based on individual choice, it was never quite this. With modern age romantic love, we make the other person our completion our white knight, our fair maiden, rather than love between whole people. More accurately, what we have known is Two halves makes a whole love. In a sense we have not known before, love today challenges to, in fact, love as whole beings. Integrated meta-perspectives make such more whole-person love newly possible. A related kind of change is reordering relationships of every sort. In the end, these changes challenge us to rethink not just relationship, but the nature of individual identity, and with this, what it means to choose and live purposefully. Another, what will it mean to use technologies wisely? Technological innovation will be key to future advancement, but it is just important if we are to have a healthy and survivable future that we are able to more effectively assess benefits and identify potential unintended consequences. 
These might seem like wholly technical tasks, but in fact, carrying them out with the needed sophistication will require maturity of perspective that we have not before been capable of. At the least, we need to be more comfortable with possible limits to what it may make sense to do. It is our modern age tendency to treat technology as a god. If we continue to do so, our profound capacities as tool makers could eventually be our undoing. Culturally mature perspective helps us get beyond technological gospel thinking and bring the nuance of understanding needed to apply new technologies wisely. And another, how must we define progress if our actions are to successfully take us forward? Progress, as we think of it in modern times, describes an onward and upward trajectory of increasing individuality and material achievement. While this definition has served us well, it cannot continue to do so going forward for multiple reasons. Beyond the fact that it is not environmentally sustainable, it should prove less and less successful at giving our lives purpose. Compelling pictures of advancement must better take into account the full measure of human needs, not just individual accomplishment and material accumulation, but also human relationships, creativity, the health of our bodies, our larger sense of connectedness in life, and much more. There's also a further critical reason why progress's past definition cannot continue to service that I will return to shortly. Fully grasping its implications requires some additional conceptual understanding, but it follows directly from how change processes and human systems work. What creative systems theory calls the dilemma of trajectory describes how continuing on as we have would sever us from aspects of who we are that are critical to being human. If this conclusion is accurate, it is not just that clinging to progress's familiar definition would be unwise. Doing so has stopped being an option. Our future depends on defining progress in more systemically complete ways. Let's take a closer look at cultural maturity's cognitive reordering. I promise to return for a closer look at the cognitive reorganization that underlines cultural maturity's changes. Previously, I described it as at once more fully stepping back from and more deeply engaging the whole of our complexity. Here I'll draw briefly on a couple ways of thinking about that complexity, our tendency to think in the language of polarity, and the fact that intelligence has multiple aspects. Let's start with the role of polarity in how we think. Robert Frost observed that it almost scares a man the way things come in pairs. With each stage in culture to this point, we've understood ourselves and our worlds in terms of qualities set in polar juxtaposition. Mind versus body, leader versus follower, science versus religion, etc. With cultural maturity's cognitive reordering, we both step back from and more deeply engage such juxtaposed elements. In the process, we become able to appreciate them as aspects of larger systemic realities. Creative systems theory brings detail to what we see. As a start, it addresses why we see polarity in the first place. The theory proposes that what most makes us human is our audacious tool-making, meaning-making, we could say simply creative natures. It goes on to describe how our cognitive mechanisms are designed specifically to support this capacity for innovation. With regard to polarity, it proposes that the fact that we think in polar terms is a product of cognitious cognitions, ultimately creative mechanisms. We find the same basic polar progression with creative formative changes of all sorts, from an active innovation to the evolution of culture. Such change begins with a newly created aspect budding off from its original context. With each succeeding stage in formative processes first half, polar aspects become more separate, juxtaposing and evolving creatively predicted ways. With the second, more mature half of any formative process, polarity is reconciled to create a new and larger whole. We come to experience the newly created aspect now as second nature, the fact that integrative meta-perspective helps us get our minds around apparent polar opposites here at the largest of scales is a predicted consequence of our time in cultures evolving 
creative story. But we don't need creative systems theory's detailed formulations to appreciate the basic relationship between polarity and integrated meta-perspective. F. Scott Fitzgerald proposed that the sign of a first-rate intelligence, we could say a mature intelligence, is the ability to hold two contradu contradictory truths simultaneously in mind without going mad. His reference was to personal maturity, but this capacity is such an inescapable part of culturally mature perspective that we could almost say it defines it. One of the most useful ways to think about culturally mature perspectives changes how it changes how he understands draws on a basic observation. Needed new understandings of every sort require that our thinking link bridge not just between phenomena we regarded as different, but often between things that before we've treated as complete opposites, as polarities. We can think of cultural maturity's point of departure as itself a bridging dynamic. We step back and see the relationship of culture and the individual in more encompassing terms. Cultural maturity bridges ourselves and our societal contexts, or put another way, ourselves and final truth. It is through this fundamental bridging that we leave behind society's past parental function. Importantly, cultural maturity is not about culture's role disappearing. Rather, it is about a new and deeper recognition of how individual and cultural culture relate, about how, through our thoughts and actions, we create culture, and how personal and cultural realities each inform the other. It is also about making our understanding of both being an individual and being an individual who lives in an interpersonal context more dynamic and complete. This most encompassing linkage holds within it a multitude of more local bridgings. Nothing more characterized the last century's defining conceptual advances than how their thinking linked previously unquestioned polar truths. Physics' new picture provocatively circumscribed the realities of matter and energy, space and time, and observer with observed. New understandings in biology linked humankind with the natural world, and by reopening timeless questions about life's origins, joined the purely physical with the organic. And the ideas of modern psychology, neurology, and sociology have provided an increasingly integrated picture of the workings of conscious with unconscious, mind with body, self with society, and more. If the relationship between bridging and cultural maturity is to make useful sense, we need to make a couple critical observations. First, we need to clearly distinguish personal maturity and cultural maturity. The ability to hold contradictory truths that F. Scott Fitzgerald described as a characteristic of wide thought at any time in history. In contrast, none of the last century's defining insight I just noted would have been possible before now. The bridging of cultural realities that the concept of cultural maturity described is specifically a phenomena of our time. We must also avoid confusing bridging, bridging as I use the term, with more familiar outcomes. I generally put the word, word in quotes for this reason. The result is wholly different from averaging or compromise, walking the middle of the road, and just as much it is different from simple oneness, the collapsing of one pole into the other, as we commonly see with more spiritual interpretations. Bridging, in this sense, is about consciously engaging a larger whole ball of wax picture. Framing integrative meta-perspective in terms of intelligence's multiplicity provides further nuance and also helps put cultural maturities, cognitive changes, and their significance in historical perspective. Creative systems theory highlights how intelligence has multiple parts. Besides our rationality, in which we take appropriate pride, intelligence has other aspects, some more emotional or symbolic, others more sensory. This simple recognition by itself is new for many people. We are more accustomed to thinking of intelligence and, and reason as one and the same. Integrated meta-perspective alerts us to the fact that more is necessarily involved. It also makes it possible to apply our multiple intelligence in newly conscious and integrated ways. Most of what creative systems theory has to say about our diverse ways of knowing is beyond our scope here, but some general observations are important to note. 
Particularly significant is how creative systems theory provides an explanation for just why we have multiple intelligence. I've noted creative systems theory's claim that what makes us human is our audaciously creative natures. Creative systems theory delineates how our multiple intelligences work together to support and drive creative formative process. It describes how we find a related, intelligence-specific progression with every kind of human formative process, be it invention, individual development, or of particular importance for these reflections, the evolution of culture. Different aspects of intelligence and different relationships between intelligences most define experience at different creative stages. This observation has major practical implications. It provides the basis for creative systems theory's framework for understanding the workings of human systems. It also has major implications of a more philosophical and historical sort. Creative systems theory is significant not just because it provides important conceptual tools for making a, our way, but also because it successfully takes us beyond the kind of thinking that has defined modern age understanding. Descartes describes reality as a great clockworks. Machine model thinking has made a huge contribution. It is giving us not just scientific and industrial achievement, but our modern concept of the individual. But as numerous good thinkers have pointed out, machine model thinking presents real problems if we wish to talk about living systems, and especially if we wish to talk about the particular kind of life we are by virtue of being human. There's no more significant philosophical conceptual challenge in our time than seeing if it is possible to address, address human systems more directly in living terms. It turns out that any culturally mature notion in some way makes this important conceptual leap. Creative systems theory's use of a creative frame offers a way to do so that translates into a broadly applicable, applicable, applicable approach to understanding. A closer look at integrated meta-perspective using the lens of multiple intelligences helps make this conceptual leap more understandable. I've described how integrated meta-perspective involves two almost opposite processes. The first process, that more complete stepping back, at least differs from what we have seen in times past in all it involves. We become newly able to step back both from ourselves as cultural beings and from dimensions of ourselves, here intelligence's various aspects that in times past did not allow such perspective. It helps to contrast this result with what came before. Modern age thought similarly had its origins in a new kind of cognitive orientation, and stepping back from previous ways of knowing was a big part of it. We became better able to step back from the more mystical sensibilities that had given us the beliefs of the Middle Ages. Along with this more general stepping back, rationality came to have a newly central significance. The rational now stood separate, clearly separate from the subjective aspects of experience and became specifically allied with conscious awareness. The result was a now as if from a balcony sense of clarity and objectivity. This combined with the new belief in the individual as logical choice maker that accompanied it produced all the great advances of the modern age. But while modern age perspective was a grand achievement, integrative meta-perspective stepping back represents a different sort of accomplishment. With cultural maturity, awareness comes to stand more fully separate from the whole of intelligence systemic complexity, including the rational. Integrative meta-perspective meta offers that we might step back equally from aspects of ourselves that before we might have treated as objective and those we might have before thought of as subjective. In the process, it offers that we might better step back from the whole systemic ball of wax, whatever our concern. Integrative meta-perspective's complementary process is not just different from what we have known, it finds no parallel at all in early developmental changes. Along with stepping back, we engage who we are with a new depth and completeness. We appropriately ask just what we newly engage with. Ultimately, what we newly engage is the whole of ourselves as systems. 
Earlier, I framed this more encompassing relationship with experience in terms of polarity. Just as well, we can frame it in terms of intelligence's multiplicity. We more deeply draw on the whole of intelligence, all the diverse aspects of how we make sense of things. Culturally mature understanding involves the conscious involvement of more aspects of intelligence, more of our diverse ways of knowing than before we've applied in one place. This requires not just that we be aware that intelligence has multiple asset aspects, but that in a new sense we engage, indeed embody, each of these aspects. Put in the language of systems, systemic perspective of a culturally mature sort requires that we consciously draw on the whole of ourselves as cognitive systems. Culturally mature understanding requires thinking in a rational sense, indeed it expands rationality's role. But just as much it requires that we more directly plumb the more feeling, imagining, and sensing aspects of who we are. And this is so just as much for the most rigorous of hard theory as when our concerns are more personal. In a more limited sense, we've always drawn on all aspects of intelligence. In doing a math problem, talking with a friend, or painting a picture, we tap very different parts of our neurology. Integrative meta-perspective produces both a more relation, aware relationship to our multiple ways of knowing than has before been possible, and the ability to apply them in newly sophisticated and integrated ways. This result will prove more and more critical in times ahead. Making sense of most anything about us, the values we hold, the nature of identity, what it means to have human relationship, increasingly requires this more encompassing kind of understanding. An important outcome when we frame cultural maturity in this way might at first seem contradictory. On one hand, because culturally mature perspective draws on multiple, often conflicting aspects of who we are, its conclusions are less absolute and once and for all than those we are used to. But at the same time, we can appropriately argue that culturally mature studying is, understanding is more objective than what it replaces. Certainly, it is more complete. Enlightenment thought might have claimed ultimate objectivity, but this was, in fact, objectivity of a most limited sort. Besides leaving out culture's parental status, it left experience as a whole divided, objective in the old set sense, set opposed to subjective, mind set opposed to body, thought set opposed to feelings, and anything else that does not conform to modernity's rationalist materialist worldview. We cannot ultimately claim to be objective if we have left out half of the evidence. Cultural, culturally mature, objectivity is of a more specifically whole ball of wax sort. The fact that we can understand cultural maturity in terms of cognitive changes has an important implication beyond just helping us understand what our times require of us. This fact supports being legitimately hopeful about what may lie ahead. I find it hard to imagine an ultimately positive or even simply survivable human future without cultural maturity's changes. If cultural maturity is a product of cognitive changes that its potential are, is built into who we are, the likelihood that we can thrive and prosper in times ahead increases significantly. And if this is a cognitive reordering ordering that we can actively facilitate, that likelihood increases further. Integrative meta-perspective and culturally mature capacities. I propose that one of the ways that the concept of cultural maturity most assists us is that it helps us clarify the new skills and capacities that we will need if we are to effectively address future challenges. These reflections on the cognitive reordering that gives us culturally mature perspective provide the essential further step of helping us understand how these new skills and capacities might be possible. Below, I briefly noted some of those new capacities and tied them to the new questions and challenges that I described earlier. Our first capacity, learning to better tolerate complexity and uncertainty. Cultural maturity's cognitive changes help us both better tolerate complexity and think in ways that better take uncertainty into account. 
Each will be essential to addressing any of the new questions noted earlier, from the challenge of how to make effective moral decisions in our often contradictory seeming world to the critical task of rethinking progress. Because integrated meta-perspective more directly draws on all of our own systemic complexity, it helps us better make sense of and tolerate complexity in the world around us. For a related reason, cultural maturity's changes make us more comfortable in uncertainty's presence. Ideas become ideologically, and thus expressions of last word truth, when we make one part of a larger complexity the whole of understanding. When we engage understanding as a whole, a certainty becomes, rather than some enemy of truth, intrinsic to any deep understanding of truth. Creative systems theory goes further to describe how uncertainty is a necessary ingredient in conditions, creative workings. Another, getting beyond us and them polar assumptions. I've emphasized the importance of leaving behind chosen people evil other polarizations of the world stage. I've also described how relationships of all sorts are requiring us to connect, not just as halves that together make a whole, but as whole beings. Integrated metaperspectives, more systemic vantage, allows us to reown the projections that before have produced mythologized perceptions of both the demonized and idealized sort. We become, be we become better able to act in the world as whole systems and to engage, or engage other systems as whole systems. Third capacity, better appreciating the fact of real limits. Integrated meta-perspectives, more encompassing vantage, reveals the limits inherent to any partial perspective. It also makes clear that whatever our concern, in the end, limits come with the territory. Ideological beliefs, notions that take one part of our systemic complexity and make it the whole of truth, by their nature, make claims for limitlessness. That they do is a major part of their appeal. The greater maturity in the face of real limits that comes with integrated meta-perspective applies to real limits of every sort, limits to what we can often do, limits to what we can know and predict, and limits to what we can be for one another. Another capacity, learning to think about what matters in more systemically complete ways. This new capacity applies to future-related questions of every sort, from the future of morality, where moral decisions reveal themselves to be less about choosing between good versus evil than about balancing competing goods, to the future of love, where whole-person love requires that we step beyond romantic projections and more directly discern when a human connection is life-enhancing, to our modern crisis of purpose as we confront the need to define wealth and progress in ways that are more encompassing and complete. With integrated meta-perspective, we become newly able to measure significance in ways that reflect the whole of who we are and the whole of anything we might wish to consider. Another capacity, better understanding how events happen in a context, here particularly in the context of our time and culture story. Critical to new approaches to understanding is the ability to make more nuanced distinctions. These are necessarily not just more detailed distinct distinctions, but distinctions of a new sort. Observations made from modern age thought rationalistic perspective describe difference in this is versus that mechanistic gears and pulleys terms. Integrated meta-perspective lets us discern in ways that better reflect that we are living systems and more specifically human systems. One important characteristic of this new, more encompassing and dynamic kind of systemic thinking is that we become much more attentive to context. With culturally mature truth, the when and the where is always as important as the what. Note that this is a wholly different result than relativity in some postmodern anything-goes sense. Culturally mature understanding challenges to make highly precise discernments that are able to be precise exactly because they take context into account. We can think of creative systems theory's framework for understanding purpose change and interrelationship in human systems as a set of tools for making such context-specific discernments. Let's summarize the evidence. A radical concept like cultural maturity requires good evidence. Here I've suggested several sorts. 
the recognition that critical challenges before us require new human capacities provides an indirect kind of evidence. I've described how cultural maturity's changes make needed new capacities possible. This observation at least supports the conclusion that something like what the concept describes will be necessary. Creative system theory's more general developmental framework provides a more specifically conceptual kind of evidence. I've described how creative systems theory identifies parallels and how human informative processes of all kinds evolve, from a simple creative act to the growth of relationships to individual development to the evolution of culture. It also describes how we see related cognitive changes at parallel points in each of these kinds of change processes, including the point that marks mature understanding in each case. Earlier, I promised to return to an observation that makes cultural maturity arguably the only real option going forward. What creative systems theory calls the dilemma of trajectory provides a particularly convincing kind of evidence. It describes how the changes that come with the point informative process that our times reflect involve more than just letting go of one stage and moving to another. They bring into question the whole developmental orientation that defined growth and truth. The critical quandary that results might easily seem a showstopper. We can describe the dilemma of trajectory using the language of polarity. Each stage in culture to this point has been defined by greater distinction between polar opposites and a greater emphasis on difference more generally. In tribal times, connectedness to nature and tribe is primary. Today, it is materiality and individuality that prevails. We can also frame the dilemma of trajectory in terms of intelligence's multiplicity. We've evolved from times in which the more creatively germinal aspects of intelligence, the body and the imagination, most informed experienced. To be part of a tribe is to be part is to know the tribal dances and rituals, to times in which the rational, with a limited contribution from the emotional, holds the much larger influence, enter the age of reason. We can also describe this evolution using a more general language drawn from the study of myth. Culture's story has taken us from times in which archetypally feminine influences ruled to times in which the archetypally masculine is much more the defining present. With transitional dynamics that mark our time, this organizing trajectory reaches an extreme. Truth comes to be defined almost exclusively by difference. For example, objective and subjective, subjective become wholly separate worlds. Rationality and understanding become one and the same, and extreme archetypally masculine values prevail, such as those of science and the marketplace. The dilemma of trajectory alerts us to how going further in this direction would not benefit us. Indeed, there is an important sense in which going further has really stopped being an option. We would not do well if we lost what remaining connection we have with nature, our bodies, or the more receptive aspects of experience that form the basis of human relationship. Proceeding further in this direction would irretrievably alienate us from aspects of who we are that are essential to being human. We could go back a proposal at least implied in certain kinds of social advocacy, but going back is not any more likely to get us where we need to go. The dilemma of trajectory confronts us with the fact unless there is a third option, the human story may be at a conclusion. The critical observation from this article's reflections is that the concept of cultural maturity provides such a third option. Integrative meta-perspective reconciles the dilemma of trajectory. Not only does cultural maturity's cognitive reordering offer a positive way forward, the way forward it describes reflects an essential kind of human realization and fulfillment. If this developmental interpretation is accurate, cultural maturity becomes the only viable choice. There are other kinds of evidence for the concept of cultural maturity. For example, there is how culturally mature perspective lets us answer questions that always before have left us baffled. In my book, 
quick and dirty answers to the biggest of questions, I propose that the reason many eternal quandaries have seemed beyond us is that culturally mature perspectives is needed to ask them in ultimately useful ways. I go on to offer straightforward, even simple answers to a handful of such questions. Some examples, how do we reconcile the experience of free will with what logically seems a deterministic world? Are the beliefs in science and religion just different, or do they represent parts of a larger picture? And how do we best understand the human species' place in the larger scheme of things? For me, the most compelling evidence for cultural maturity's thesis is the simplest. I don't see another way of framing the human task that is consistent with a future that is ultimately healthy, or if extended far into the future, likely survivable. If I have not missed something important, cultural maturity becomes the only game in town. Comparison as evidence. Teasing apart how cultural maturity differs from other ways of thinking about the future both provides clarity and serves as a further kind of evidence. I divide the commonly encountered view to the future into five scenarios, to use the language of futurists. We've arrived scenarios, we've gone scenarios, post-industrial information age scenarios, post-modern constructivist scenarios, and transformational new paradigm scenarios. I'll, out I'll outline them here. Links on this podcast page provide some extended descriptions. The first two scenarios share that they assume that today's reality represents a kind of endpoint for good or for ill. The remaining three more explicitly make proposals about the future. I think of each holding a useful piece of the truth, but each is also vulnerable to interpretations that make its conclusions not just unhelpful but misleading and sometimes decidedly dangerous. Let's start with Weaver Rice scenarios. Many people today regard our present as a kind of cultural endpoint, as most people through history have done with regard to their particular presence. Advocates of such we've arrived conclusions assume that our current institutions and ways of thinking, whether political, religious, scientific, or economic, represent an apex or at most need a further bit of polishing. We've arrived scenarios prescription for the future, keep doing what we are doing, and see if we can get others to follow our example. Well, the concept of cultural maturity strongly affirms the achievements of the modern age. It also argues that there is no more reason to assume we've arrived at some culminating truth in our age than in any age previous, and every reason to hope that we have not. It regards neither modern institutional structures nor modern social values and aesthetics as last chapters. It argues that carrying modern Western culture's great successes unmodified into the future, in particular its onward and upward conception of progress and its extreme materialist individualist values, but also its specific institutional structures would in fact have most unfortunate consequences. It also counsels against, counsels against assuming that modern Western cultural forms represent ideals to which people everywhere, irrespective of their cultural context, should ascribe. Second, we've gone, we've gone astray scenarios. Certain other people believe almost the opposite, that in some significant way humanity has failed. Often the implication is not just that we have made mistakes in judgment or policy, but that we have erred fundamentally. We've got astray scenarios take their most radical form in the predictions of impending Armageddon put forward by certain extreme religious views. But we also encounter less extreme we've gone astray interpretations, such as those we see with the more pessimistic of environmentalist positions, with conservative reactions, to the modern erosion of traditional values with philosophically romantic and idealist beliefs, and more often than we might immediately recognize with common liberal humanist beliefs. These further examples, while less obviously negative, often translate into an it's all going to hell in a handsbasket cynicism that can be as severe in its criticism and often just as limiting when it comes to useful action. We've got astray scenarios produce different advice depending on who is offering it. For some, the task is simply to fix what we've broken. For many, the answer lies in going back to the values and assumptions of earlier times. 
For others, as with we've arrived inheritance, inheritance, it means there's really nothing to do, in this case because the damage has already been done. We have gone so far astray that we are beyond redemption. Cultural mature understanding views we've gone astray scenarios as inappropriately condemning and, in the end, diversions from the true magnitude of what the future asks of us. The concept of cultural maturity affirms that modern times have often often find us denial about in denial about much that de desperately needs attention, and it agrees that we have made plenty of mistakes. But it also suggests that most of the dilemmas we confront are the result not of our failings but of our successes. Cultural mature perspective also cautions that earlier cultural realities have been no more pure or ideal than those of present times and makes clear that going back is not an answer. This even if we wish to retrieve things we appropriately perceive to be lost. The concept of cultural maturity affirms the claim that important truths, for example, about nature, about the sacred, about community and more, have been forgotten. But at the same time, it supports the conclusion that the natural trajectory of cultural systems, like that of individuals, is growth, and that that is what we have seen. Cultural mature perspective also warns that we've gone astray conclusions can easily become self-fulfilling prophecies. We see this most readily with extreme views that made endgame scenarios inevitable expressions of God's will but we can encounter something just as debilitating and self-fulfilling with liberal cynicism. The, cynicism. the cynic gets to feel right and superior while taking no real action that might make things different. Third, post-industrial information age scenarios. A third common view of the future assumes that inventions yet to come hold the answers to, to humanity's problems and pictures a future defined by continued onward and upward technological progress. Post-industrial information age interpretations treat invention as the fundamental driver of cultural change and emphasize the transforming effects that invention in the future will have in every aspect of our lives. Often they make technology the ultimate solution. Such views are common in popular culture and academic thought and find special favor in futurist circles. The digital revolution has given such beliefs a new generation of adherents. Cultural maturity affirms the role of technological progress, but it emphasizes that inventing is not the same thing as using invention wisely. It also emphasizes that technological advancement, unless accompanied by deep changes in ourselves, cannot get us where we need to go. The best of such postmodern information age views include the recognition that new technologies tend to bring with them new ways of thinking, but technological advancement alone cannot fully explain the changes we see today or produce the changes we need tomorrow. A technological gospel, even if we include the changes in thought that new invention helps stimulate, ultimately stops short of a narrative able to provide liable reliable guidance or real inspiration. <clears throat> Next, postmodern constructivist scenarios. Postmodern thought has had major influence in recent decades, particularly in academic academia. It emphasizes our time's loss of familiar guideposts and final essentialist truths in general. The best of formal postmodern thought at least approaches cultural maturity's threshold. But postmodern ideas vary greatly in their success in stepping over it or even usefully recognizing its implications. Postmodern constructivist perspective today gives us at once some of the best and some of the weakest of future-related thought. Advocates of postmodern perspective argue that we construct the realities we live in. They see the defining task of the future as doing so more consciously. Cultural maturity views postmodern thought as providing a useful first step, but it proposes that surrendering our past cultural absolutes can only be a beginning. We must also learn to think in new post-essentialist, more nuanced, dynamic, and systemic ways. Particularly with the more extreme of interpretation, postmodern thought commonly reduces to an ultimately unhelpful different strokes for different folks relativism. 
Its common aversion to overarching conception, indeed conception of most any kind, means it leaves us with little of use to replace the traditional guideposts it so insightfully observed are being taken away. Transformational new paradigm scenarios. This last this last viewpoint similarly talks about changing cultural realities, but frames those changes in the language of changes in consciousness or new spiritual and scientific paradigms. Cultural maturity agrees that our times require that we think and perceive in new ways. But there is an essential distinction between cultural maturity's particular developmental interpretation of how changes are to take place and more transformational views. The concept of cultural maturity proposes that the greater portion of such views, particularly of the more conceptually idealistic, philosophically romantic, or New Age sort, have more to do with wishful thinking than changes possible in our time. More pointedly, it argues that often is not such utopian pictures of change, even if they were possible to realize, imply realities and consequences that we would not want. It goes on to clarify how the most simplistic of these views do not really describe anything new at all, but instead reflect idealized projections from the realities of times past. Cultural maturity's viewpoint differs from each of these predictive pictures in specific and critical ways. It also provides an encompassing vantage capable of putting differences in perspective. It sees the above alternatives as the conclusions, conclusions we would predict when the world is observed through particular lenses. Cultural maturity's larger perspective both avoids traps common to these various alternative views and provides ways to address essential questions that none of them alone or even together can get at. Creative systems theory puts major emphasis on the, on the observation that we are dealing not just with different beliefs, but different ways of seeing the world. It describes how these various lenses reflect specific kinds of cognitive organization. In my most recent book, Cultural Maturity, a guidebook for the future, I break this down in more detail. The creative system's personality typology describes how temperament differences reflect different patterns of cognitive organization and how the kinds of beliefs we are likely to be attracted to can be predicted from these patterns. A hands-on approach I often make use of provides a more conscious way to recognize that what we are dealing with involves differences uh, not just in belief but in cognitive perspective. I call it simply parts work. Besides helping us put different ways of seeing the world in perspective, parts work is significant because it directly fosters culturally mature perspective. Parts work approaches help a person more consciously recognize and draw on all the various aspects of who they are. A brief description. I may, have a, I may start by having a person sit in a chair. Then I have the person place various aspects, like characters in a play, in other chairs in the room. As the work progresses, the person learns to take authority from this whole person chair while drawing creatively on all the various parts. Integrated meta-perspective is a direct result, manifesting as personal maturity if that is the primary level of engagement, or cultural maturity if the parts have cultural as well as personal significance. A critical distinction for the task of comparison concerns whether a way of think whether a way of thinking reflects whole person whole system perspective the systemic vantage of the whole person share or the more limited perspectives of parts more utopian views and more ideological views more generally reflect the perspectives of parts a more scientific part a more spiritual part a more liberal part a more conservative part Cultural maturity is simply about engaging life's complexities in ways that are more conscious and also more direct and courageous than has been possible in times past. When we step into culturally mature territory, we do a better job of seeing things for as big as they are. Previously, I described cultural maturity as a needed new common sense. I need, I know no better way to think about it. An awkward in-between time. 
It is important to mention a further kind of evidence that could seem at first to prove the concept of cultural maturity wrong. A lot that we see in today's world might appear to be almost the opposite of what the concept predicts. For example, increasing political polarization and widespread denial with regard to essential limits-related challenges such as climate change. Given that we find so much in contemporary human behavior that is at least stupid, if not ludicrous, it can be hard to believe that getting wiser as a species is a possibility. It may not be. But in fact, what we are seeing is consistent with what the concept of cultural maturity projects. The concept describes how our time should be characterized simultaneously by essential advances and distorted ways of thinking. Creative Systems Series calls this particular kind of ludicrousness transitional absurdity. Some transitional absurdities come from overshooting the mark, extending assumptions that have long since stopped being pertinent. Others reflect regression in the face of our time's easily overwhelming demands. In either case, unhelpful, even ludicrous uh, responses are the result. Like it or not, we live in awkward in-between times. The fact of transitional absurdity makes an odd kind of evidence. But, it, but if the notion is not, does not accurately explain much in current circumstances, it is hard to be optimistic. Indeed, if modern ludicrousness is a harbinger of what lies ahead, it is pretty clear we're doomed. The concept of cultural maturity doesn't in any way promise smooth sailing through the transitions ahead or at any time in the future. It also doesn't tell us how long this particularly turbulent time will last, but it does provide a way of thinking about the future that is legitimately hopeful, and it provides perspective that supports effectively making our way.